Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the Laces Out podcast, our NFL podcast. No guest. If you're tuning in for guests, you are going to be disappointed. The way I look at it is, I thought this week would have a quiet week, and then next week, ramp it up and try and get all of the guests on in one go. So stay tuned for that. Yes, it's just uh, me and Paul. I'm going through uh, last week's games and the upcoming games. Getting tight now. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews and uh, share the podcast around. One thing I will say is, there is uh, if you're watching on YouTube, there is a little bit of a lag situation with this one. It's due to um, a technology issue from uh, before we started recording. Not much that could be done. I will adjust as best I can, but just be aware that there might be a little bit of a lag. Anyway, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast. Laces out. Recording in progress. Yo, me, you, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's back to me. Uh, so what? What Mr. Cook was uh, trying to intimate there, via the medium of semaphore, smoke signals, all other American sign language, not British sign language, but obviously you know, given the topic of conversation today, American sign language. Would be much more appropriate. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. It is your weekly. I was going to say getting over. Getting over is not a weekly podcast. It's your laces out NFL podcast, ladies and gentlemen. That's correct. Where me, and Mr. Cook, and sometimes a guest, but not a guest this week, as there are no guests this week. So Sadly. I wanted to keep the powder dry because. I'm 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 gonna basically shine the bat signal for next week to get as close to every guest we've had on this season on the podcast. Two weeks. Oh, there's a break, isn't there? Oh well that gives me plenty of time to rally the troops. Exactly. <clears throat> I was I was a little bit worried that a high percentage of those guests would not be feeling Overly jovial by the time we would need to record. In tip-top condition slash shape. They they may require... undisclosed and uh, unrelated reason. They may require an entire week's worth of recovery to do an NFL podcast. Quite quite possibly. What what can we say? Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. So, we come to you after... Divisional round weekend where there were four games in the National Football League. Those four games involved eight teams that were remaining in the postseason. And those games were as follows. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. The New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. And the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. Both myself and Mr. Cook, along with our guest from last week, Mark, made our predictions for those three, uh, for those four games, and those predictions 
went as follows. In last place with two of the four selections correct, it is myself, sadly. I was only correct in my in, in picking the Chiefs and Eagles to get the job done. I was let down by the Bills and, not for the first time, the Dallas Cowboys. What can I say? It was a silly, silly error in judgment. And uh, I should be chastised thoroughly for it. I sure. don't I don't think that is strictly true. I have a lot to say about the games that we've that we've had. And if I was to say anything about that game, if you took George Kittle out of that game, that would have been a very different outcome. That's all that for now, that's all I'm gonna say about that. But Every now and then there is there is a player that stands out there on their own. And George Kittle was definitely doing his fair share of the work at uh, at the weekend. Yes, he most certainly was. But we won't let that taint the rest of today's podcast. So that just leaves Andy and Mark, who if viewers and listeners from last week will remember had picked the exact same predictions. So they had both gone for the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bills, and the 49ers. So they got three out of four correct. So technically they've tied. Luckily we'd thought ahead, and we did a tiebreaker. The tiebreaker was the total number of points scored across all four games. Now Andy went with 248 points. Mark went with 210 points. The Chiefs-Jaguars game, was 27-20 to the Chiefs. The Eagles game was 38-7 to the Eagles. The Bengals game was 27-10 to the Bengals. And the 49ers game was 19-12 in favour of the 49ers. So the total points for all four games was 160 points, meaning that technically they're both bust, but Mark is closer, so gets the point for the guest so that means that for the post season as it stands myself on one point Andy on zero points and the guest on one point we'll just go through the side bet before we do the stats and then after we've done the stats we can discuss those games mm. so the side bet obviously reduced to reduced by another team's week obviously when we did it for the super wildcard weekend there was only six games so we can pick three each. With there only being four games in the divisional round, we were only able to take two games each. And those games were taken as follows. Andy took the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the San Francisco 49ers to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Two out of two. I took the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the New York Giants. And the Buffalo Bills... To beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Ah, ah, it pains me so much. Andy, of course, went into the week on 49 points. I went into the week on 51 points. So Andy moves to 51 points. And I remain one point ahead <laughs> on 52. It's <laughs> oh so close, ladies and gentlemen. Oh so close. And let's put it this way. Four 
we're going into the last two games of the season, or last three games of the season, apologies, it, 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 it couldn't be closer. <laughs> I mean, it practically writes itself. I, I I know I've been saying for the last few weeks, but if I'm honest, the the side bet has become the uh, the secret hero that we all needed through this season. It's really shone through. Um, it, some, it really, really has. Something else, which has kept me laughing all day today, because obviously I knew we were doing this podcast this evening, so the timing could not have been better. I was listening this morning to the podcast where I borrowed the initial ideas for the side bet from. And I was listening to this this podcast from a couple of weeks ago discussing the last set of regular season games before the playoffs. And this person gave their picks for... The games that they that they'd picked, they'd gone with this game for this game, this game for this game, and this was at the point that I realised that this person may actually be some sort of curse because had managed to pick of the games that they'd picked, had managed to pick the opposite team for every single one of the games. <laughs> it was when when they were like. Uh, I've taken the Ra- the Raiders in the game of the Raiders versus the Chiefs. <laughs> it was like, and then you've got you've got your ice cream, you've got all of the the little sticks, you've got all the sprinkles. You just need to put a cherry on top. They said, bear in mind, this was two weeks ago. It's all right. I may have lost this week, but my Super Bowl pick is still still in and still going strong. Because I put a lot of money on the Buffalo Bills to go to the... And I was like, oh. Oh, no. I I know I know I'm cursed when it comes to betting on, on sporting events. And I've exploited that curse only only every now and then in the, in the interest of... I was going to say in the interest of fairness, but no. If I need a game to go a certain way, I know a certain bet that I can put on that will ensure it goes that way. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure even I can rival that curse. Managing to consistently pick every <laughs> every game incorrect, so it kind of made me chuckle that the the thing that kind of birthed our side bet um, came from someone who. Has better look at betting than even me, or, or or worse, some would say. So, now then, because we only get to pick one game each this week, so Correct. I would have to win and you would have to lose. Which would put us level pegging, and then everything would come down to the Super Bowl. Obviously, if you win... Well, not necessarily, unless we both get it correct, slash both, slash both lose. In yeah. which case, it would stay one point difference, and then that could be made up on the Super Bowl. Technically. But, from a betting perspective, 
now's probably a good time to go to the season-long predictions that we all put oh. in, because obviously the Buffalo Bills getting beat why, why kicked, did a you have to... out of the, kicked a lot of people out of the playoff race. So, what, what? obviously, I I was the first person to go down as I had the Bill Rams <laughs> as the Super Bowl. So I was the first person to lose both of my teams. I was quickly followed in by Andy, Stu and Rob, who all had the Bills versus the Bucks. Um, and Mr. James Forrester Gray has lost half of his Super Bowl as he had the Buffalo Bills versus the Philadelphia Eagles. So he can still get the Eagles, but can no longer get the Bills. Uh, and then the other two picks that are in there are the Chiefs versus the, the Chiefs versus the 49ers and the Chiefs versus the Eagles, which are still very much in play. So I I, um, I have I have I know I know we've we've got an order to do things uh, and I, I, I want to try and stick to that order because I have notes I think we could go uh but the unfortunately and I'll have to pick my words carefully, the, the Buffalo Bills um the the, the Bengals, the Buffalo Bills go. Uh, there are there are things I could say uh about that game that might not be too favourable. Um having been part of uh, a, a group of people who have lost their second of the Super Bowl picks and uh I'm now out of the running. Um yeah. But anyway are we do uh, is it stats now? We're doing the stats. Well we can either do the stats or we can discuss the game. It's, it's... It's entirely up to you, really. It's just the, bit, the best way you feel it will flow. I suppose we could do the stats, and that would lead us into discussing the stats. Yeah, yeah, heard. yeah. Okay. So, in a, in a strange turn of events, a, a handful of games actually actually generated quite a few stats. In the sense that it's still not a lot of games, and it's still not a lot of stats. Uh, the stats mistress uh, scurried off to the internet, met up with her. Um, with her counterpart over in in the colonies uh, to get us the NFL divisional round stats brought to the stats mistress by Nate Davis of USA Today and brought to us by the stats mistress of CookieCast fame. Uh, There are eight, so I've divided them equally between me and Paul, uh, two and six. No, three and five. Um, the first of our stats is featuring the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they won Saturday, ending what had been a four-game losing streak for top seeds going back to the 2022 playoffs. Phillies' previously battered players looked rejuvenated and should be primed for their pending visit from the San Francisco 49ers, who dispatched the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday for their 12th consecutive victory. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, the, the 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 Eagles have been <clears throat> limping a little. Um maybe maybe a little bit of an injured wing recently, but yeah, um yeah, seem to have uh, righted the ship in some way. Uh what is probably worth keeping in the forefront of everyone's mind, quarterback Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury. 
obviously looms as a setback for the Chiefs. However, at least they won't travel to Atlanta for a neutral site AFC Championship game and instead host the Cincinnati Bengals in a rematch of last year's game at Arrowhead Stadium after Cincy eliminated the Buffalo Bills. Recovering at home and avoiding an extra flight bodes as well as anything for Mahomes as he desperately tries to get healthy enough to play. Um, <clears throat> I've had a couple of con conversations with a couple of people who have said, I mean, let's face it, he's going to be wrapped in six different types of tape and he's going to have probably a few needles stuck in him over the course of the next few days. Um, I imagine unless he sees some kind of knock to that leg in the game you probably won't even know that he's injured um so we shall see but number three the nfl announced friday that more than fifty thousand tickets were purchased in less than a day when a bills chiefs playoff redux was viable Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow advised the league better send them refunds after Sunday's victory in Western New York. And fourth, and for me, final stats, just a little one. The Bengals are the only franchise among the NFL's version of the Final Four without a Super Bowl victory. Mm, maybe that says something. Uh, I'll hand over to you for some uh, sort of additional stats. Thank you, Mr. Cook. Obviously, with that, does the uh, does that mean that the Bengals have the tag of the team of destiny? So my stats begin. Five times the Bills have come up short of the Super Bowl during five playoff trips in head coach Sean McDermott's six seasons with the team. That is quite a lot. The Eagles. Are trying to win their second Super Bowl in a six-season span. Their 38-7 win Saturday occurred on the five-year anniversary of their 38-7 win against the Minnesota Vikings in the 2017 NFC Championship game. Eight times Buffalo was penalised on Sunday for 60 yards total. Just another area where the Bills fell short on a day when they were utterly dominated by Cincinnati. And our final stat of the week, Dak Prescott, at 29 years of age, was the oldest quarterback to make it to this year's divisional round. The average age of the eight quarterbacks, 25 years and 278 days, who started this weekend was the youngest in the divisional round since the merger. But shout out, to 37-year-old Kansas City quarterback to Chad Henney, who was instrumental to the team's win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And on that, he definitely was instrumental, as I'm pretty sure after Mahomes went down with that ankle injury, he led the team on a 92-yard drive for a Absolutely touchdown. Absolutely did, yeah. Um, <clears throat> like, like I said, anything is possible and any given Sunday. Obviously, when you've got a starter that is Patrick Mahomes and he goes down, it, uh, it's to uh, to borrow uh, a tweet from Rob McElhenney in the last week, it's uh, squeaky bum time. Um, it's one of those things that I imagine, you know, 
yes, it's good to have a good quarterback backup. It's good to be able to send them out straight away and that quarterback hit the ground running. But you don't pay half a billion dollars for something. You don't pay half a billion dollars for a car and then leave it in the garage. It, it's it's one of those, you know, I imagine they were scrambling to get Mahomes back on the field and he was back. I think, I think at one point they were kind of alternating, not quite alternating snaps, but I know that Henny was in a couple of times rather than coming in while Mahomes was... Off, off on the side, and then that once Mahomes was back, he was back in for the rest of the game. I'm, I'm sure I saw Henny was in and out of the game. Um, I, you know, I think we said last week. At this point in time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count the the Jacksonville Jaguars out of the running, and for that game to end twenty seven twenty. You've got to give the Jags props. You've got to say. From a franchise who was an absolute laughing stock at one point, to have come back the way they have, I know I keep bringing it up. I know I keep saying that um, you know seeing them play live was a real, um, you know, was a real eye opener. A real sort of really changed my opinion. Um, and then watching them with those eyes for the rest of the season, they have not disappointed. And honestly, if they can keep this momentum come next year, they are a contender. They will be maybe going that that step further. You may see them going that little bit further through the playoffs this you know this time next year sort of thing. So you've got to give big props to the Jags. Obviously. Um, the the big concern for the Chiefs is going to be Mahomes' recovery this week. As the stats said, massive help to them, not having to travel anywhere, massive help to them to be on their home turf. You, you I know, very much so love a home field advantage. Um, in, in a scenario like this, I too would be loving the home field advantage. So... I think I think everything's going in their favour. It's just going to be the the condition of that ankle um, and how how well they can get it sort of recovered. Um, I know I sent a, I sent a message to uh, yourself, uh, Matt and Stu, um, <clears throat> Sunday morning maybe, and I just I just went with. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I don't know if the Giants bothered getting out of bed, but I can see that they clearly didn't. Um, again, got to give the Giants props for getting as far as they did. Um, I am a man that wants to see very close games in the playoffs because I believe that what the playoffs is is, is designed to do is to take the absolute best teams in the league and put them up against each other. Something that might surprise a few people, and 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 it might surprise you more than anybody, the 49ers-Cowboys game, I really enjoyed. Purely for that very reason. You, you're not going to, you know, you're going to be hard-pushed to find a game that goes, obviously, you know, score-wise, the, the Chiefs and the Jags, but for pound for pound backwards and forwards if you go back and look at that game 
it was double zeros on that scoreboard going into the second quarter. For some so. people, that's dull. For some people, what some people want to see it going fourteen fourteen at that point in time, and oh, we're on for an absolute barn burner. But double zeros also says a lot to me. You know, I'm I'm a man that every now and then I don't mind seeing a game go like you know four to seven. It's like yeah, it wasn't high scoring, but it was an absolute riot of a game. Um, again, Giants very similar to the Jags. They've done really well this season. A lot better than I certainly pegged them for. A lot better than I imagine. I imagine even Giants fans potentially pegged them for. It's. I think it's the off season that's always where these teams suffer. Um, I think, you know, straight off the top of my head, um, you know, the the Buccaneers, uh, a team that sort of, you know, walked away from a Super Bowl, desperately trying to keep that team together, sacrificing money here, there and everywhere. And sometimes there's just a little bit more to it. There's a little bit more to the mechanics of it all, to the, you know, to the whatever. Um, And that's a team that's been, I think, hit quite hard by off-seasons. I've seen a clip this afternoon where already... You know, Tom Brady's being pressed on a "what's he gonna do" situation, and 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 he was using rude words, rude words. There was some f bombs. There was some dismissive comments. I was I was shocked. <sighs> Unfortunately, we are gonna have to talk about it. It's the Bills Bengals game. I don't want to be. I don't want to be Mister Negative. Um, I said to uh, I said to the stats mistress when I saw the the game before the game started, and they they were like they were in the tunnels and they were coming out, and they like, oh, you know next it's next up is the Bills to come out on the field. And all this. When I saw the Bengals lining up to come out of the tunnel, and they closed in on Burrows, I was like, ah oh, shit, the Bengals have won this game. That the the focus that that man had on his face the the thousand yard stare the because oh, i'm i'm like my heart's going a little bit because i'm like can you imagine standing in that tunnel moments before going out onto that field in front of those fans in front of millions of people across the world to play a game that's got everything riding on it to whether you advance or not and to look like that I know they're calling him like you know cool Joe and stuff, but and and all it took was for to see him like that and to be like, hmm, I think the Bengals have got this. To add to this, and this is where I, I don't want to be like, oh, the Bills really threw it. I need to say it to get it out, but I think the Bills defense handed the Bengals that game. There was huge gaps in the defense. It's like, oh, I need to throw this ball to one of my players. How about the guy there marked by absolutely nobody? 
Shall I throw it to him? Um, okay then. The, the the Bills' defense did not look like the defense that got them this far. The Bills' offense was... Uh, I don't know if you've seen the clip of uh, Stefan Diggs losing his shit with uh, Josh yeah. Allen. Um, that, was, that was a strange one. Because, like, apparently I'm, I'm, I don't know if... I'm, I'm not entirely sure about this. I'm, I'm sure I'd seen something on Twitter that said that apparently he, like, he stormed out of something that then was... was like one of his teammates brought him back into the room or something like that and then he left of his own accord again or something like that but it was one of those situations where like fair enough you can be upset and you can be like sort of angry at the time but you've also got to be a good teammate and don't like sort of like you've got yeah. to keep your emotions in check and stuff yeah, absolutely. like that absolutely. Let the situation be like excellent like that yeah so I mean, I, I, I like I like Stefan Diggs as a player, as a as a human being. I think he probably needs a little work. Yes, yeah. his little sort of petulant outbursts mm-hmm. are uh, getting a little bit more annoying than they probably should be at this particular point. Yeah, any 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 sports person who's who's starting to head down the route of a diva is a little bit in the maybe maybe just give your head a shake or uh, go over in the corner and have a word with yourself. Um, so. In some ways, I could see, you know, he, he was complaining about the amount of, of reps he was getting and the amount of work he was getting. And at that point, he was saying, uh, I think they've got it on, on the video, you know, he's like, I've had four catches for minimal yards. Um, it was hard to sit down and watch that game expecting really close, you know, like I was saying before, pound for pound gameplay to then sit and watch the Bengals, and I, I don't want to be like all negative on the Bills. I know the Bills have a tendency to struggle in the playoffs for whatever reason. I don't want to just keep coming down hard on the Bills. But watching that game, I was like, the the Bills have handed this game to the Bengals. The Bengals played amazing. They always, pretty much always do. Joe Burrows is legit. All of everything that you could possibly want to say about it, but I do think the Bills need to take some sort of responsibility for the way that game went. And I know that's that's the way sport works. If you're not giving your best, if you're not giving your all, you're giving it to the other team. But... Um, and finally, to wrap up the week, I've already mentioned it. Uh, like I said, it may, it may come as a, as a surprise to some people. It may come as a surprise to you. Um, in... <laughs> in some ways, might be my favourite game of the week. 49ers-Cowboys was that pound-for-pound playoff game. I've got no issues with a a 0-0 score at the end of the first quarter. I've got no issues with a a blocked extra point. I want to see blocked extra points. I, I wish we could see more. Because to me, it's... It's a clear area that you could focus on to just just get those those extra points here and there. It wasn't, you know, yes, by the end there was a clear winner, but up to the end, um, anybody who's anybody will know I'm not the biggest Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, I saw a couple of videos today. 
that um, Skip Bayless. Bayless. I was going to say Skip Bayless, but I was like, that doesn't sound right. And um, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Yes. Um, they have obviously have their show. Um, Skip had some. Uh, surprise, surprise, had some opinions about that game and how that game would have gone different if Cooper Rush had been quarterbacking uh, the Cowboys uh, and ended with the phrase, Cooper Rush will not be a Dallas Cowboy next season, but unfortunately, Dak Prescott will. And I was like, whoo, scathing. Um for everything that I, everything positive that I can say about that game, I do think it kind of just fell apart right at the very end. The Cowboys did very well. The Cowboys' defense. There's a guy on the Cowboys' defense that at one point I saw him like this, and then he turned so his back was facing the camera. I was like, how wide is that man? That man can't legally be allowed on that football field because... Surely they're doing the, oh, you've got too many men on the field. Oh, no, that's one man, not two. He was huge. And all I could think was, you're not getting past him. It was a pound-for-pound game. And I don't want to be Mr. Negative. I don't want to be pointing any fingers. I feel that there was a series of decisions that were made right at the end of that game. Which lost the Cowboys the game. Um, I know you and I spoke Monday morning about that game, and you were saying, um, um, "I don't want to, I don't want to speak for you, but I know you'd said uh, as a Forty ers fan, how many of them are feeling super confident going into this weekend?" Um, I've 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 also heard X amount of things talking about Brock Brack. Uh, Purdy and you know at one point in time everybody's like oh he's absolutely the right man for the job a week later that's <laughs> that, that, that's already under que- being questioned it's like make your mind up come on um, I know I've rambled on there about the games um, I did I did sort of Start by saying I had a lot of notes for these games. I feel when we get to this point in the season, we're not talking 16 games of 32 teams. We're talking, you know, four games, eight teams. So there's there's the opportunity to get into them. Um, when you're not sitting and watching Red Zone on a Sunday, you are sitting and watching those specific games. There's a lot more to see, learn, watch of those games. Um so yeah, that was my that was my two penneth worth for uh, for the games that have gone. Um, so we need to predict next week. We do indeed. The smartest However, the smartest move would be to take a break. I believe so because uh, this much water. We've had there. a lot of we've had a lot of information dumped there. This guy's this guy's in desperate need of beverages, so we are going to take a small commercial slash beverage break uh, for you guys. It'll be instantaneous because we'll be right back. But still, don't touch that dial. Don't make any changes. Don't switch off, and we'll be right back with you. 
See you in a tick. Recording in progress. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> divisional round done. It's in the same books, it's in the same place as the Super Wildcard Weekend round is now. We move to Championship Sunday. Well, Championship Weekend. Well, no, because the both games are on Sunday. NFC title game, AFC title game. Two games. Four teams. It'll be down to two teams and it'll be the Super Bowl after this Sunday. And as we said before, we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles in the first game. Myself and Mr. Cook have made predictions. In lieu of the guest, as it were, we have taken it upon ourselves to ask both stats mistress and podcast favourite slash, you know, no one's ever seen her, so they don't even know if she exists. Miss Amy Brinton to provide picks for this particular round of fixtures. And we are not in agreement, ladies and gentlemen. Really? Three people. Three people have picked one way. One person is out on an island on his slash her own. Myself, Mr. Cook, and the stats mistress have taken the Philadelphia Eagles to progress. Miss Brinton has taken the San Francisco 49ers. So, uh, off air, you and I had a somewhat extensive conversation about this game. Um, Shortest version is, I feel that the Eagles have had one of the most dominant seasons in NFL history in a lot of ways. They've had bumps, bruises, knocks, and to get to get where they are without their starting quarterback for a lot of games, you, you've got to give credit where credit is due. I personally think the way their season ends is by being one of the two teams that goes to the Super Bowl. That's my opinion. That's where I think it should go. And that's that. However, I also feel that the San Francisco 49ers shouldn't have got as far as they have, yet they still do. Week in, week out. Every week that you like, I don't think they're going to get this game. They do. Whether that's the chemistry, whether that's the the team that the version of the team that is now, whether Brock Purdy is legit, like people are saying, is it five starts? He's won his first five starts, and they're saying very few starting quarterbacks have ever done that. Um, yeah, you know you. <laughs> Uh, the 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 if there's a phrase for this week's podcast, it's credit where credit's due. There are teams you cannot count out. Um, up until the last week, the Jags this season, um, this San Francisco Forty ers team is an enigma, and because 
the right, you know, in a lot of ways, the right thing for the Eagles season is for them to progress to the Super Bowl. If there's any t- any team out there that's going to stop them doing that, the San Francisco 49ers is probably on that list. So, go on. I was, I was just going to say, like, the Eagles, like, this season feels, like, uncannily like, or this postseason feels uncannily like the postseason where the Eagles made the, made the Super Bowl the last time. Mainly because... There were question marks over the injury status of the quarterback. There were probably, well, they, they certainly were. They were the underdog going into most of their of their uh, postseason games, um, and yet they managed to get all the way through. Yep. So it's got that feeling that it just it just feels like they're, they're doing it again, basically, and. Yeah, I, I just, I just think it's we've seen it before, so it wouldn't surprise me for them to finish it off and go the distance. Obviously, the team they play in the Super Bowl would dictate how how far they go, and like we said, they might, they might, they might not even get there because the the 49ers seem to have like a like some sort of magical halo around them at the moment that no matter who plays under centre, they just get the job done. So it's that sort of thing where like you or I could potentially quarterback him at the moment and the defence will just stand up and get him through the game. Yeah. But in, anyway, we've me, me you me, you and uh, and Leanne have taken the Eagles and Amy's taken the 49ers. So we've got it covered with one way or another. Um but that's how the first pick's gone. The second game of the week is the AFC championship game and sees the Cincinnati Bengals Travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. And we have got a consensus opinion across this one. Really? The status of Patrick Mahomes' ankle is playing on all of our minds as we've all taken the Cincinnati Bengals to get back to the dance. Let's face it. Patrick Mahomes taking an injury could not have come at a better time for whichever team it was going to be that was going to face them at this stage. And it just so happens to be old uh, laser-focused, cool-hand Luke himself, Mr. Joe Burrows, and his Cincinnati Bengals, a team that, yeah, dominant. Now then, you will never be able to count out the Kansas City Chiefs until that clock hits triple zeros. And I do mean, <laughs> what was it? What was it? Last year, year before, or something? You know, twelve seconds isn't long enough. Don't ever tell Patrick Mahomes that. Um, it's it, it's never the time to count out the Kansas City Chiefs. However, as the stats said, the only team that's going into these games without a Super Bowl win is the Bengals. So, realistically, that what's only right is for them to be the team that walks away with a Super Bowl victory, and that does mean that they have to slay the mighty dragon that is the Kansas City Chiefs. These are are games that are very much a, if it went the other way, you would be no way surprised. If the Chiefs win this game, 
the Chiefs the Chiefs won. That's 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 just how it goes. But in the game that we play, we do have to pick a victor. Um, interesting that we've got all four picks for the Bengals. Not, I don't know if I felt like somebody might take a gamble on the Chiefs. I'm not gonna lie. I did toy with the idea. Obviously, the Chiefs are at home. Massive, like that's that's the massive advantage that can't be sort of like taken in, like, taken for granted. I just think the question marks over his over his ankle is, is enough for me to think that the Bengals, if they play like the, so obviously they played again, they played the exact same game last season and beat him when he was pretty much healthy. Yeah. So why would the outcome be any different when he's fifty fifty at best? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. That was, that I was agree. the idea in my head. So all that means is that myself, Mister Cook, and the stats mistress have picked the same way. So therefore, to determine who gets the point, either me and the Orlean, on behalf of the collective guest brother, we have devised a tiebreaker of sorts that will determine who gets the point or who is the closest when it comes to the actual score so last week the tiebreaker was the total number of points scored across all four games this week we've changed it up slightly and we've gone for a tiebreaker of the total number of offensive yards gained by all four teams across both games so, Mr. Cook has gone for a potentially rather optimistic 2,800 yards. So that's just the... I can't do the math that quick. That's just the 700 yards of offence per team. If it happens, we're going to be in for some hella good games. Leanne has gone for a more reserved... 1,600 total yards of offence. That's just the 400 yards of offence per team. I've gone even more conservative than that. And uh, I haven't gone for a nice round number. I've done what I always do when it comes to these things. And I gave a very specific number. So I've gone for 1,564 yards of total offence. Which is basically like the same as Leanne's. It's about 400 per team. Give or take. Mm. A couple of points here or there. Or a couple of yards here or there. So that will determine who wins the week from a predictions perspective. But we know what's been keeping you coming back for the past 20 weeks on the podcast. It's the new it's the new idea that Mr. Cook threw out right at the start of the season. It is the side bet, ladies and gentlemen. And there were there were times there were times during the season where it looked as if I'd pulled ahead. I believe the. Uh, I, I'm just looking back at week 14. I had a six point lead. Nice. Yeah, I think that's that was that was the, that was the largest margin of difference it ever was. Six points. We get to week 20. Oh, sorry. At the end of week 20, the scores were 52 to me, 51 to Andy. So Andy has brought it right back with some very, very. Splendid picks for the side bet. So, 
two games, that means one pick each, which could mean that we go into the Super Bowl with me being up by one. Well, technically we could be we could go in with me being up by two if the picks don't work out this week. Yeah. I go in by one yeah. if we both get it right or both get it incorrect. Yeah. Or we can even go in level if I get my pick incorrect and Andy gets his pick correct. So this is very, very crucial when it comes to the side bet for this week. Now, technically, myself and Andy have both picked the Eagles and the Bengals. So from the side bet perspective, this is where Andy might need to get a little bit tactical and pick one of the other two teams to cover his bets, so to speak. But then that so, that falls into which is more important. And I think by this stage of the season, I think we can all agree the side bet has become the focal point. Yes, or can just stick with the game that he feels is the more one-sided, shall and, we say. And, and unfortunately... And leave, the, and leave the other game that he feels is more of a 50-50 shot to me and then watch me squirm in place and that, like the proverbial worm that I am. And that is a, absolutely the smartest money. So, of the two games, the one I want the least to do with is the Chiefs-Bengals game. So I will select the Dirty Birds, the Fly Eagles Fly, to finally vanquish the San Francisco 49ers, to go on to be one of the two teams going into the Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm absolutely shocked. I did not see this happening. I always was utterly convinced that because of Mahomes' injury, Mr. Cook was taking the was taking the Bengals all day here. I, so I, I couldn't do it. I will swoop in. I will swoop in and take the Cincinnati Bengals to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs as my side bet. Part of, part of me thought you were going to. Part of me thought you were going to go with the Chiefs. Nah, I can't, I can't hedge up. I can't hedge up. It's just not, it's just not in my nature. To be fair, um, I think in all opportunities where we've had to do that, neither of us have done it. So, you know, fair play to us. Props, you know, a little, little pat on the back right there. So, you have a little gentlemen. Andy is on the Eagles. I <laughs> am on the Bengals. <laughs> Well, there we go. And that brings you to the end of the penultimate. Yeah, I mean, it's basically. There'll be at least two more. Because obviously, we've got to break down the AFC NFC Championship games. Yeah. And predict the Super Bowl games. And mm. then. Discuss the Super Bowl and the end of the season as we've got the, the season-long predictions and the season MVP picks that we made right at the start. So there'll be at least another two, potentially three more 
as we might just do a roundup, uh, we might just do a roundup show next week and not predict the Super Bowl. So it might just be a short one next week. Yeah, I do uh, wonder whether to... that might be the way to go. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I think so. So, but everything is done. That's another week done and dusted. We brought you. Uh, we brought you from the. The, the, the brink of, of no football, right through insert number of games here, to three games left, not including the uh, the Pro Bowl, because no one's got time for that shit. Because nobody includes yeah. the Pro Bowl. Three games remaining, and it could be three of the most intriguing, hard-hitting spectacle-filled games you'll see this season. And we're going to break them all down again this time next week for you. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back next week. There you go. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. We shall see you next week, or you shall see us next week, while we uh, talk more American football. But until then, we shall say goodbye and take it easy. So there we go, what do you think to that? Another week of games gone, one of the last weeks of games gone, and one of the last weeks, in some way, the last week of games to come. It's a sad time and a happy time, all at the same time. Mm. Before you go, if you haven't clicked the subscribe button, please do. Like, share, comment, drop reviews, check out the website, thecookiecast.com. Drop us some social media action using our social media links. Contact us through the email. Just click the button. Get straight through to us. Any of those sorts of things. There we go. That is it for this one. That is nearly it for all of this season. Just a couple more before the end. So please join us for those. I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you next time. This has been another episode of CookieCast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.